Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Canadian Gamers. Steven is actually with me. We're doing this while I'm at work. I'm going to be fired. That's it's about all. time. <laughs> so, what's going on, man? Not much, man. I'm just uh, living the life, living the dream, <laughs> living the American dream. Nice, nice. What the hell does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> you can tell it's been a while. It's been <laughs> it's, it's been a while. This is very sad and depressing. <laughs> yes. So have you yes, played anything? Or are you still playing with yourself? <laughs> I always, I've, I've never stopped playing with myself since I've discovered what it was. <laughs> like what? Fifteen years ago. Fifteen. Let's I? okay. Let's be honest. It was three years 33, ago. Thirty-three. <laughs> <laughs> Never stopped since, but yeah, I've been playing actually uh, a bunch of games lately. Not by much, but just trying a bunch of stuff. I was playing Yokai Watch Three. I put in twenty hours into it, and I decided to take a break from it. Usually, when I take a break from video games, I end up usually never coming back, which is sad. But c'est la vie. I, I was. Just like Yokai Watch 3 was becoming a chore and it was, I ha basically had tons of other games I could play, like all the gifts you sent me last Christmas. But instead I was trying to keep on playing Yokai Watch 3 for some reason and I really adored the first two. And this one is good. I can't say it's not. It's maybe just uh, the state that I am right now where I, don't really feel like doing the grinding and doing the f fetch quests, which Yokai Watch is uh, known for that. There's a lot of uh, fetch quests, and I and I think Yokai Watch Three has exposed some of those flaws to me right now, and I just don't feel like doing that. And I, I still gave it 20 hours, but I, I decided to stop. And if I don't go back, I don't go back. Whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter as long as I'm having fun. And I wasn't having fun with Yokai Watch Three there at the end, so why? Why force myself to play something when I could be doing something else? That's what I thought. So I decided to play a bunch of Switch games. Uh, I started with New Super Mario Bros. U. Finally decided to get it since you weren't going to buy it for me because you're a cheap bastard. So uh, this, I think when we did our top 10 Mario games, I think this was my number three pick or something. I really adored that game on the Wii U. And I noticed that there was a lot of backlash over that game on the Switch. And I wasn't happy about it existing on the Switch because I thought that since New Super Mario Bros. U was released in 2012, that's almost seven years now, that there's no way Nintendo should not have a, another 2D Mario game ready to go. And it's it seems like they don't. I don't know if it's misorganized. They're not organized or if they don't feel like releasing one or, or they don't feel like the market is ready i don't know what the case is maybe because these games typically sell really well but there's just i thought that releasing a seven-year-old port was kind of foolish especially since they should have the follow-up ready by now but they don't so i wasn't really happy but at the same time this is one of my favorite games from the wii u era i really loved it my favorite game in the new super mario Bros. series which to be honest is a bit underwhelming but this one i thought was really 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 well made it was also the first hg nintendo game i ever played so there's a bit of nostalgia for it as well for sure 
But I thought the reviews were harsh on it, and I, I've played it on the Switch now, and I, I, I still stand by it. This is a fantastic game. Really, really loving it. And I don't, I don't necessarily get what the fuss is all about about this game, but I feel like the general public prefers Mario Odyssey and 3D Mario games, which is fine. But it, I, I don't think it deserves the, the hate it got, but whatever the case may be. I, I know that I think, it's a bit ridiculous that Nintendo is charging the full 80 bucks for this one, especially since it it came out for 80 bucks seven years ago. It should probably be a bit cheaper, but if people are buying it at that price, who am I to say how what to charge? So that's it. And then I tried uh, West of Loading. I don't know if you know what that game is. It's a eShop game that was released quite quite a, a while ago. And I was always interested in trying it, so I decided to, why not? And it's funny because the first hour of that game, I was like, oh my god, this is the best game ever. I was really, really hooked in. It's one of the feelings I ha- I have not had in so long. You know when you start a game and you just can't wait to play it again when you go to sleep and then when you, you're at work and you want to pl- go back home and get the chance to play it again when the kids are asleep and whatnot, and it's just... I had that feeling with West of Loading for the first hour. I was just amazed, addicted by it, went to bed way too late because of the game. And then I came back the next day, played it, and man, what a boring game. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what happened. And it, it's, I, I, I've, I've read reviews, I've seen reviews, a lot of people like the game, and it's a very good game, and don't, don't get me wrong, but I don't know what happened. The first hour was so good, and then it became a chore, it became dull, it became repetitive. Uh, the visuals, which are basically stick, stick, stick guys, uh, with black and white backgrounds, like, get old very fast. There's way too much dialogue. Basically, the game is just not for me, and it's surprising because, like I said, the first hour I was completely addicted, and I thought this would be, like, one of my favorite games of the year. But it's not, so, that's it. And then, yesterday I decided to try Dark Souls. Uh, because now I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the games you bought me, because I, instead of playing games I don't like enforcing me, I'm just gonna try games until something hits. So I played Dark Souls, uh, for about an hour or two, and, uh, really, I'm really impressed by the Switch port. Really, really well done, the uh, controls very fine, it looks beautiful on the screen, uh, hard as nails, though I have no idea why and how I beat it this game when it was on the Xbox 360. Like, I could not even, I don't know if you remember, the start of the game, you have to get out of this area. And I remember when I played it back at w- when it was originally released, I had, like, I didn't die. I had no problem getting out of that area. And yesterday, I could not get out of that area. And it's, like, basically the tutorial of the game. And I was killed by, like, two single uh, skeleton zombies or just plain zombies. They killed me. And I, I was, like, doing barely any damage to them. So I was wondering if I was doing something wrong. But it's probably just me that sucks so yeah that's that's about what I've been playing what about you I actually polished off DQ what was I playing 5 I did I didn't do the um, the secret recruitable monsters because I just didn't feel like playing that stupid uh, board game for 70 years I don't know you played 5 right like an hour really yeah god you're the worst it's, it's unbelievable um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, 
there's a I forget what the hell it's called, but there's it's basically like a Mario Party type of uh, board game where you roll the dice a certain number of times and you you know you move and there's little icons. It's just like playing a board game, and you have to basically beat one of these ridiculously long ones. You have to make it all the way to the end to get a prize of like a secret. Uh, it's like basically a baby is Stark as a secret monster and then from there you can recruit one other one that you just have to go and visit and um and you can get that but i was like nope i'm uh i'm not gonna spend you know hours grinding out a board game just to do that like it's ridiculous no no thank you uh so instead uh, after i finished the bonus dungeon wiped uh you know kicked uh stark out I uh, went ahead and started six, and uh, it's a man. It's been a long time since I've uh, I've gone through six. Six used to be my favorite one in the series when it was on the Super Famicom, uh, just because it was just gorgeous, and I loved the 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 whole concept like of a link to the past where you go between this dream world and the real world, and like I just I I love that. I I don't know what it is. I think it was just like a, the time period. It was released at the right time. It looked stunning and it was just right around the time when like all those huge uh, RPGs came out like Chrono Trigger and uh, Final Fantasy 6 slash 3 here so anyways yeah I'm I'm about uh, I want to say maybe mm, six to eight hours somewhere somewhere in amongst that I've uh, been working like non-stop school schools actually kicking into like overdrive right now we got about uh, looking at my schedule here, we got one, two, three, four. We have four classes left, um, which means we have about two weeks of school and then, like, of new content, and then it will switch into presentations, examinations, and all that jazz. And then I leave on May 11th, okay? I take off and I come back on the 29th. And I will be going all over Europe, uh, Europe, Asia, for my international business trip. And that's going to be really unique. That's going to really, really be unique. So probably won't have any podcasts or anything like that uh, for that for that section, just because I'm going to be so busy, it's going to be crazy. But when I come back, I get three months off. Whoop, whoop. That's it. That's amazing. It is. It's going to be glorious. You played Mario uh, on the Switch, didn't you? Uh, very, very quickly when I had people over. I uh, I don't know how long I put into that. Maybe... Uh, hmm. I don't know. I don't know how long it would take to get to like the third world when you're with friends, right? And you're goofing around mm. and stuff. So I'm not sure. Maybe a few hours. Um, yeah, probably a few hours because we were all just, you know, having a few drinks, laughing like crazy as uh, we were playing like morons. Which is basically how I play now. Uh, so, yeah, uh, but it was good. I what, what were the like? Why are people being harsh on it? Uh, I don't remember, man. I couldn't couldn't tell. I think it's uh, people don't like the uh, the art style and the music and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't remember. Okay, well, whatever. Um, but no, that's a good one. I, I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed my time with that. It's it's those types of games are so much fun to play with friends like there. So you you have the pressure and you're laughing like idiots and stuff. I I really enjoy uh, I really enjoy that. And 2D Mario as a as a whole is just fun. So that was a good one. I don't regret buying that. I do regret not buying it for you. Oh, 
Yeah, that was that was a dick move. <laughs> of course it is. Everything I do is a dick move. <laughs> All right, so let's see. What are we supposed to be talking about here? You had oh, the yes. list. I don't remember. Uh, we have a topic that's all yours, actually. I, I really want you to actually talk about this first because it's something that people had requested that we do, and we never got around to it. I did a few videos trying to gauge people's interest in it, and if you know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Patreon, or more specifically, e-begging. So I want you to talk a little bit about this first, and then I'll chime in. Yeah, it's a really uh, controversial subject right now going on YouTube, and it's it kind of uh, changes changed my uh, opinion on Patreon because a few years ago or a year or two ago I was really interested in us like uh, trying it for various reasons, but now it's just I kind of change I, I have changed on that, and I don't know I don't know really how to explain it. I don't really want to give out uh, examples, but I, I will. I, I, I'm not. I'm not afraid of uh, using people's uh, uh, people's names and whatnot. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to try to be as uh, show both sides of the medallion uh, as much as I can. But basically, a few months ago, uh, I don't know if you know Metal Jesus Rocks. He has a YouTube channel. You probably yep. people are aware of him. I, I actually am subscribed to him. I really like his uh, videos. Uh, Really enjoyed them, most of them. Like uh, again, uh, that that hasn't changed. I still enjoy his videos, but basically, he had a, a, a bit of a flooding issue in his basement, and he made a video strain, uh, heavily implying that people should go to his Patreon to help pay for the damage that the water did to his house, and that kind of had like some backlash. There were some people who who were okay with that. And some who, who weren't. And that really made me think of Patreon because some of these, like, don't get me wrong. If you, you have money and you want to give it to other people, you, you're free to do whatever you want with that money of yours. That's, that's fine. I have no problem with that. The thing is, in some occasions, and there have been examples of that, it seems like some of the, the bigger YouTube channels, take advantage of some of their more vulnerable fans you you always see that in the comments you always see about people who are maybe lonely maybe depressed who use these channels as a way to uh, forget uh, or just stress out you relieve stress or just like like everybody do everybody has hobbies or stuff to just kind of relieve stress and help them in hard times and it seems like some some of these get uh, drawn into Patreon and not necessarily give out money that the sh- I don't I think I'm rambling and I don't really I don't know if you want to help me I don't know if you know what I'm talking about right now what I'm going but I can't seem to explain it. How dare you? You were doing a good job. <laughs> no, you were doing a good job. You're not rambling. People are e-begging. That's all it is. That's the <laughs> no, but uh, it, it's the truth. So, okay, my my take on all of this is um, is really simple. It's like, I I gauged interest. Okay, I I was like, okay, like I can afford to buy my own games. I can afford to buy the camera and stuff like that. That's required. What I can't afford is like to buy you everything that you want, like, in terms of, like, you know, some nice, super sexy laptop, uh, camera equipment, and stuff like that to help me out. Now, 
if people were like, oh, yeah, sure, you know, like, we really like the channel, we'd love to see, like, you know, Steven and his, like, a Pokemon Center type of thing, where, like, uh, every week there would be some nice video that you'd post that had to do with Pokemon or something, just as an example, then, okay, great, right? Like, sure, if people want to do that, go ahead. But I was like, is that really morally right to do? And I, like I said, I did a couple of videos asking people their opinion and what they thought and, and stuff like that. And I had people back in the day when you could still do this, like direct message me and say like, yeah, man, like, you know, I'd be willing to pay like, you know, 20 bucks a month to, to see more content and this and that. And then that's when it really started to hit me where I was like, okay, but I can't do more than what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm not going to lie to people and be like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, we're going to do uh, 12 videos uh, a day type of thing. Like, that's never really going to happen. You've got the kids and all that, and I live an insane life with working and school and all this, and I'm, it's just, it's not realistic, you know? It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And then going more specifically to your point, because I always do this, ramble, uh, it's one of these things where it's, I don't know, I, I, I don't, I don't like this. The huge channels, okay, are already getting a substantial amount of money from the ad revenue. Like, a substantial amount of money. And I mean no disrespect to guys like Metal Jesus and stuff like that, but his production values are not exactly through the roof here. You know what I mean? Like, he's not yeah. spending he's not spending uh, 17 years editing his videos, so I'm sure I'm sure there's some work involved for the well, editing. Of course there is. I'm sure no, there is. There but is. Uh, the other thing I wanted to show and uh, uh, just mention is that if you when Metal Jesus if you just look at the background, he has like tens of thousands of dollars worth of video games there. Like if me something would happen to my house and let's say for some reason the insurance would not cover it. Like I sell some of my stuff to pay for that that's called being an adult and instead of like using that he seemed to try to use the pity card and get fans of his to pay for the damages which again it, it might not actually be that what maybe that wasn't his intent but it sure seemed like it can I ask you, um, do his videos have uh, commercials on them? Yeah, most of them do. Or I think they're monetized. Most of them are monetized. I don't think that one was. Uh, I'm not sure. But yeah, most of them are. And he also gets like a lot of donations from fans, like games and stuff like that. And that, that brings me to another channel, like uh, Beat'em Ups, which is I think is uh, Wood uh, Hawker or something like that. Uh, another one, he's one of my favorite channels. I love watching his videos. He, he makes basically 95% of his videos are about the Switch and stuff like that. Love it. But it's <laughs> insanely clear. Like he gets tons of hates, of hate from uh, people because he does basically unboxing videos almost every month of stuff he gets from fans. And it's ridiculous. He, gets like $500 or $1,000 worth of games and merchandise from fans every month. And that's, if somebody wants to send you something, sure, that's fine. The thing is, 
there's been some digging and you can see sometimes that he goes in the comment sections and someone talks about, hey, you don't have that amiibo, I, I might have it. And he, he goes in the comments and he kinds of, he kind of begs for it. And he, if you watch his videos, he'll always mention, leave a little mention about a game he doesn't have. And usually about a month later, he has it in the, he unboxes it. So he kind of leaves little hints there. And I don't know, I don't know how I feel about all that. It's like, some of these, I'm sure some of the, your fans are like, some of them can afford to, but I'm sure there are some people out there who probably don't have that much money and will actually spend money on you just because they're looking for friendship and stuff like that. And that's, that's a, that's something I'm not that uh, fond of. So I'm looking here right now and he has on his Patreon as an example, okay? And listen, I, 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 I don't want this to sound like we're, you know, taking a dump on uh, Metal Jesus Rocks. That's not the idea. I just wanted to use him as a, uh, well, a jumping point, if you will, for the topic that we're talking about. So what I just did was I went over to his Patreon, and he he essentially says that at $3,000 a month, a month, he can work full-time on YouTube and video production, Okay. And he says he's 87% there. So that means he's at $2,610 a month, okay? But this is not, and he makes it clear that he's not at what he wants for no YouTube ads. And the YouTube ads, he's putting at around 65%. So just a little bit of math here. This means he wants $5,000 a month, okay, or 5500 a month from people in order to demonetize his video so his target is around fifty five hundred dollars a month is essentially what he's going for um and oh no sorry probably not because this one's at the revenue sharing is at four thousand a month plus the yeah so it's gonna be around that it'd be around it'd be around somewhere in that target range that's not bad guys that's not uh that that's not that's not terrible. So if it's fifty five hundred times twelve, that's sixty six thousand dollars a year. It's not bad, you know. Like because you have no idea what else this individual is doing with their life or with uh, income or whatever. But that's not a horrible salary. Yeah, no, it, it it's it's not. I just don't don't understand. I I don't understand the Patreon thing because it's like. Why would you give money to some someone when you can get their content for free? Like it, it, it I, I just don't know. Like I understand that it's they have to make money to do this, but I, I still view YouTube more as a hobby. But if somebody like there are some people out there who make who have YouTube channels that have production values, like Netflix shows and stuff like that. Like the game, the game theory is one of the best YouTube channels out there. His videos are awesome and they must take hundreds of hours of editing and stuff like that so he's a full-time job he makes a lot of money on ad revenue i don't know if if he has a patreon he might but that's something i i wouldn't mind like i understand like the, the, the whole thing but i would because like the game chasers are asking money from their patreons to found found a movie they want to make and that i find a bit ridiculous because Unless they would do it like a Kickstarter kind of thing where, let's say I plunge, I plunge, I pledge $20 to you and you 
keep that goal and you make the movie, I get I get a copy of the DVD or whatnot. I'm not sure if the movie will be a DVD release or whatever, or if it will be on YouTube. I'm more thinking that it will be on YouTube. So if I'm giving you money to make that movie, I should get like maybe a small percentage at some point of the revenue or something because I see it as an investment. Because if you're going to make a movie of money, if you want to make a movie, like you should probably go get funding somewhere else than your fans. I don't know. It doesn't. Maybe, like, I haven't done as much research. Maybe they're doing a Kickstarter kind of thing where if you do pledge money for their movie, you get some kind of reward. I hope so because, like, it seems like we're giving, the fans will give them money and then they'll make the movie. And if it fails, it fails, but they have zero financial uh, repercussions from that. And if it doesn't fail, if it's a success, they get all the money. So it's a win-win situation for them. They have zero, zero risk at, at, at taking in that. And I don't know. I don't know about that. The other thing I just saw that I, I that rubs me the wrong way is why is he hiding his monthly amounts? Like all the other ones I just looked up, they tell you how much they're actually getting a month, but he does yeah. not. Uh, I don't like that kind of stuff. Like if I go to Gaming Historian, okay, he too he puts a lot of uh, a lot of like effort into his videos, all right, and it's very clear he's basically not promising you anything. He's just saying if you wanna if you wanna help out, that's great, you know. Uh, and he's at one thousand nine hundred and thirty nine dollars a month. Well, that's a lot of money, man. Well, it's not a lot of money if that's your only job. No, no, no it's right. But he's not, barely. He's, it's barely. It's not even minimum wage, I believe. If it's your, but your he's only not, job, he's he's not saying yeah. that this is what he wants to do. Yeah. You know what I mean. Like, I'm just reading what he's saying. Yeah, it's not, that's not what he's doing. It's not like, oh, I'm suddenly going to stop, or he's not even promising to make more. Yeah. So that's interesting. So that's what well, I'm saying. I, I, it would be, it'd be like you. It'd be like you. Take the job you're doing right now, right? And what would happen if I gave you $2,000 a month of free money? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that I don't think you you could do uh, videos with my job like he's probably doing. So yeah, 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 yeah. Like again, again, I want to make that very clear to the listeners here. Like I'm not suggesting that you know this is all some giant scam or this and that and yeah. anything else. It's just the subject itself is just very. It's interesting. I find this very very mm-hmm. interesting. Like for me, I think like Patreon, like. If you want to give money to somebody, go ahead. I have no problem with that. But I, I think you should keep it like maybe mention it at the start of the video and that's it. Maybe leave a description in the comments. But constantly like giving hints about it, especially when your your house flooded or something like that, I, I, I'm not a big fan of it. And for us, what I wanted to do back then was if people wanted to f- to buy us i was pretty clear it was basically buying me a laptop and that was it and it, the thing is if if i could afford a laptop i would and i would help you out and maybe one day maybe in a few years uh i will and that that would be the yeah. end of that but now I, I just don't feel comfortable about like begging people for that because who am i to tell people that like i'm worth that much like money 
for me to do videos like wh whatever the case may be i don't i, I just don't think about it anymore uh, i i've changed my opinion completely on that but i, I was always making making clear back then that once we get the amount we needed for that we would stop it would not because we don't need money we have both have full-time jobs and very well very well remunerated but that's yeah yeah no no exactly man exactly and i think i think the other thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way is that you know when people donate i mean that is your patreon you know what i mean like if, if people are donating games or books or movies or whatever whatever it is that that's amazing you know we've had some we've had a couple of people that have donated some amazing things to 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 well the show or whatever you want to call it and i'm eternally grateful i mean just the last little unboxing i did from jemmy i thought was was wonderful you know like this is dragon quest exclusive stuff from japan uh, it's awesome it's absolutely amazing why would you ask for money on top of that? You know, like that's the sort of stuff where I get kind of, it, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like, you know, like classic game room, whatever happened to that, by the way, I thought he was still making, does he still make anything? I don't know. God, I just thought of that because like he had moved to a Patreon type thing. And yet I think it's like it's Mark is pretty much all done now. So what happens then? You know, I should check that. Let's see, because he hasn't made a movie in like forever, uh, a video. And what what the hell? Classic game room. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I know he left YouTube. I think he, he might still be making videos somewhere else, no? Uh, CGR Infinity drawing with Lord Carnage and C Tropica. I use Patreon to deliver new early and behind-the-scenes art, design, and video work to Patreons. Okay. So, yeah, he he's doing a bunch of different things. Looks like artwork type of stuff. Your CGR update maybe it's all blocked now I, I don't know okay that's weird i don't know but he has 434 patreons so i don't know and him too it's blocked you don't see what he's getting a month anyway whatever 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 that's it okay so next topic i'd be curious to hear what uh what other people have to say about this um maybe we're nuts but uh, we both sort of feel the same way and you guys could tell that i was never really 100 percent on board with this just because i I never did it, right? Like, we never launched anything because I was just, eh, I'm kind of, I don't know. Okay, so the next topic we have is something that's equally interesting and equally, um, I don't want to say divisive, but, well, interesting and divisive. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about the death of the Vita and why this might be a little bit divisive is, for whatever reason, we have a hell of a lot of Vita fans on this channel um, not entirely sure why that is, uh, because we never really pumped out like 7,000 reviews for the Vita. But whatever the case may be, we do seem to have quite a few passionate uh, Vita fans on the site. And we're not going to poo-poo on the Vita. But what we are going to do is talk a little bit about the fact that the Vita is now officially done. Sony's stopping production or has already stopped production. I did a video about a year and a half ago, two years ago, something like that, where I talked about the fact that the Vita was already dead 
And I was shocked by the number of comments I received saying like, no, no, you know, there's all these great games coming out for it and so on and so forth. And I went to Amazon and you could not buy one on Amazon. And I'm like, well, guys, if you can't buy it on Amazon, it's over. You know what I mean? Like, it's finished. Amazon's like pretty much the retailer. If it's not on Amazon and Walmart, it like, I don't care <laughs> if your local, you know, yeah, one, two, still, three shop is there. I still listen to... Uh uh, Secret Symbols, which is uh, Colin Moriarty's PlayStation podcast, and he was mentioning this week that all the best-selling game of 2018 on Avida were all released in 2012 or 2013. Like, so the there's new games coming out every week, but they probably are not selling that well. Like they, like they don't, ha they can't be if the best-selling games of 2018 are all five-year-old games. It, like, uh, the, the Vita has been dead for years. It's just not officially dead because there's still games. There's a game that was announced that was coming out in 2020. So there's still games coming out for it, but it's not, uh, Sony hasn't made a game for it in how many years? Well, that's just it. And I, I think that's the discussion that we can have here is talking a little bit about what happened. And I wanted your, your opinion on this of like, because I'm right there with you. Like, to me, the Vita died eight months into it. Like, by the time the Killzone uh, first-person shooter came out, it was already over. It wasn't It wasn't that the writing was on the wall. It was, it was already pulled. They pulled the plug on life support, and that was it. And what happened, man? Like, we, it, it's, it's crazy. I think we can draw a comparison between the Vita and the 3DS because they both had similar launch because they, they came out at around the same time. I had a Vita before it came out, like maybe two days in advance for some reason. I had ordered it from Amazon or I don't remember and it arrived early and I was a huge fan of the Vita for the first two or three months maybe. Really loved it. It was amazing. The visuals were awesome. The controls were tight. I loved it. The problem, like I mentioned to you, is... For some people, it might seem minor, but I, by like the third month of the Vita, I already had four memory cards, four memory cards. I downloaded tons of games and it was just not viable to keep buying those damn memory cards because Sony, one of the its biggest mistakes I still maintain today is they had priority, pri, priority, help me out here. I know you're... Having fun at my expense, but help oh, me out. Oh, I am, I am. I have muted my mic as I was laughing at you. Proprietary. <laughs> All right, that word, memory cards. <laughs> and, like, they were expensive, man. Ridiculous. Like, yeah, triple the prices or double the prices, whatever it may be, of a regular SD card. And it was just so much that I s simply stopped. And I think for, like, I stopped playing the DaVita... Then I played it when Guacamole came out. Then I stopped again. Then I played it when Severed and Adventures of Mana of Mana came out. That's about it. So I barely played my Vita. And after the first three months, I was on a honeymoon period and then it stopped. And I think that was a problem. The other one, I believe, is that this is something last year and especially the year before when the Switch came out, I was really tired of hearing people were complaining that Nintendo was releasing 3DS games, 3DS games, 3DS games after the Switch was out. And that really pissed me off because I was a 3DS fan, I still am, and I'm like, why would Nintendo suddenly abandon a 70 million plus close to 80 million uh, user base? 
Why? It doesn't make sense. It's, it's more money. Why abandon it? And a reason for that, I think, is that a lot of the Switch, the new Switch fans were probably Vita or Sony fans that came along, finally gave Nintendo a chance after a few years because Nintendo released a product that was interesting and for them, which the Wii U clearly wasn't. And what happened with the Vita is the 3DS is still supported today. Well, right now, I don't think Nintendo has a game plan for it right now. Kirby just came out, and I don't think there's another Nintendo game announced for it. So the 3DS is 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 on its last legs for sure. But Sony seemed to have stopped on, like, on a dime supporting the Vita, like, less than two years after its release, which is insane. If you think about it, like Nintendo supported the Wii U until the Switch came out. They supported the 3DS, like they're still supporting it today. Like it's insane. But Sony stopped supporting the Vita right away. Why? I have no idea because like the 3DS had a terrible launch too. It was, it seemed like it was doomed to failure. And then like it got a price cut, but more importantly, it got great games like Super Mario 3D Land that saved it. And now it's, it has been a success ever since. Sony, the Vita had had great games that could have helped it, but I don't know why Sony just pulled a plug on it so quickly. That that that's a mystery to me still to this day. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd love to tell you, like, yes, it's because of there's ten thousand theories out there, and I don't like any of them. Uh, because some were saying, like, oh, you know, the mobile market, they were looking at the 3DS and they saw what was happening with the 3DS, they were looking at their own sales, saw what was happening with their, didn't see the market penetration, and so on and so forth, yada, yada, yada. I don't really buy that. I really don't buy that, because when the Vita came out, the PSP had sold over 70, 75 million units, making it, like, hands down like the most popular non-Nintendo platform, uh, sorry, portable ever. I mean, it like outsold the PS3 type of thing, you know? I don't have numbers in front of me right now. I'm just saying, like, it sold very, very well for what it was. And let's be honest, the PSP had all kinds of limitations. By having the disc, it, it you know, the battery wasn't as good as it was on the uh, on the DS. And there, there was just a, a multitude of, of things going against the platform. Yet they still managed to get 70 plus million sales. And I mean, I might be way off. It might be 80 million now. I just know at a minimum it's 70. And I'm, I don't understand. Like, the, a company does not do what they did. And I'd have to go back and see if there was new management that was put in place at the time. But Sony was on the upswing at this particular time when they released the Vita. And I don't. I just don't understand. Like, the system, the hardware itself, was not damaging enough that they couldn't have done a revision the next year and done away with the the proprietary memory cards and just had built-in flash. Like, it, it, I, I just, I don't get it. I never understood what their thought process was, what logic they had to this for just discontinuing it, like, I swear it was like overnight. It's like it came out and it didn't explode in sales. And because of that, well, that's it. Pull the plug. It's finished. Yeah. And it's like, well, what? Like, I, what? 
Just want some clarifications on the PSP. I believe the PSP actually sold 84 million, and I think it even outsold the Game Boy Advance for comparisons. Okay, so, let's uh, check. However, something to note here is that the PSP was easily hackable. Many people had a PSP because they could download ROMs of everything on it, and it's heavily believed that uh, although the PSP sold well hardware so- hardware wise. Uh, software was not really a success on the PSP. It was very, very hard to actually move games on it. And that's what I've been hearing, and that's coming like from... Greg Miller has mentioned that on many multiple occasions, and he's a very known PlayStation guy, so I think he would know. I believe the PSP, although it sold a lot, was bought because of the pirating mechanics on it, which might indicate that it was not as successful as you would think because typically uh, hardware is not as profitable as software in the long run. Uh, yeah, the only problem with that is the same was true for the PS1. Yeah, but the PS1, like the, they didn't. The PS1 sold like uh, 100, and some, 100 plus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's not it's not that much more when you're looking at what you're talking about here. Um, let's see. Do 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 do. I'm checking for because uh, they always release this sort of stuff. And also, like PS PlayStation One had multiple million sellers. I don't think. It... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm just saying that like the PS One was primarily purchased. The reason why it was a hundred plus million sales was not because it had Final Fantasy VII. It was because it was at the time the easily <laughs> the most easy system in the world to hack. And so, like, uh, especially, like, worldwide... Wasn't the Dreamcast 40... even worse than the PlayStation yeah, 1 for yeah, that? Like, yeah, you could basically yeah. just burn a game in the, yeah, with your computer yeah, and play it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the, the PS1 was the first time that it was, like, widespread adoption of, uh, of that. Like, it was the time when that stupid chip there, the, the mod chip, came out. And, like, it's estimated that, like, over 20 million sales of the PlayStation 1 were sold purely... Yeah, I remember a friend of mine uh, had, like, a, a, a huge, like, cartable filled with disc burn PlayStation 1 game. Yeah. He would basically well, that, rent them and then burn them burn and them. have them for free, basically, yeah. so... Yeah. Well, that's my thing. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I doubt. I'm not, I'm not at all saying that I doubt with uh, what Greg Miller is saying. Not at all. I'm just saying that that is very common with uh, Sony for whatever reasons. Um, uh, I, anyway, so we're gonna. I don't want to take up too much uh, time looking at this because I, I they do have software sales, um, but it's mostly it's mostly hardware stuff, and I don't want to you know I don't want to be looking. But yeah, I mean I have no reason to doubt him, right? I have absolutely no reason to doubt him. I'm just, it still doesn't explain why they did what they did with Vita. It, it doesn't, you know, like, fine, if PSP... Yeah, like, it's, it's just like, it, like the PSP, like the DS, did not have the mobile competition that the 2DS and the Vita had. That's why some people uh, doubted the 3DS, and, like, even, even I have to say that if the 3DS ever had a true successor... I don't think it could match a 3DS success, which a 2DS could not could not even come close to the DS. The DS sold 150 million, and the 3DS sold a bit more than half of that. 
So and the DS like didn't have for the majority of its lifetime like mobile phone competition. Same with the PSP. So maybe Sony with the now everybody has a phone in the pocket in their pocket. Not kids these days. I don't think are as interested as I was when I was young in the portable system when they can play games from their phones. So I think maybe Sony gave up quickly because of that. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, the estimates right now put it at around 10 million uh, for the Vita, which is less. Than I believe it's at 14 million now officially. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I know okay. it surpassed. On, on it surpassed the Wii U, which <laughs> tells wow. you a lot about the Wii U. Yeah, but that's really bad, man. Like really bad. I mean, right again on the site. I'm just on Wikipedia, okay, right now, just to be be clear about that. Um, it says that the 3DS is at 75 million. I have no idea when this was last updated. Um, and like you said, the DS is 154 million. So, and PlayStation Portable they have at 82 million. So I mean, that's significant, man. And I think honestly, a lot of that has got to do with Sony. I stand by that. I really do. I think a huge reason why Vita was such a failure is on them because they pulled the plug on it like virtually overnight. And I don't, I don't know. I just, I mean, I understand like mobile was a thing. I, I, I get all that. I, I, and I get like if what Greg's saying, if there's validity to it and I, I don't doubt him. Um, that, you know, maybe they didn't want to lose money and stuff like that, but to pull the plug as fast as they did, it it just doesn't... It just doesn't sit well with me. It, it's odd. I just find it very, very odd. Like, Uncharted remains the highest-selling game on the platform, and it was a launch title, but you never gave the studio that made Uncharted a chance to make anything else. Like, did you expect this to sell 20 million units? Like... I, I don't know. I just... I don't know. I really don't know. It's one of those things where it's very, very weird. Yep, yep. Yeah. I, so, do you have anything else for that? Because otherwise I'm going to open it up to uh No, people. no, no. All right, so... What do you guys think? Because I said, I know we have a lot of uh, Vita fans and stuff like that. I'd be very curious to hear what you guys think. And, I mean, I'm sure you're going to say, like, oh, you guys are crazy. The Vita is the best-selling system of all time. And, like, it's the greatest. You people suck. We're the worst. You should die. Um, That's all fine. Uh, (laughs) I literally never see that in our comments, but okay. (laughs) No, no, we do. We do. We have, we have people, uh, it's usually the physical guys that are really into Vita for, for whatever reason. So I'm just curious to hear what uh, people have to say. No, but I mean, (laughs) I don't think anybody will tell us to go kill ourselves, but go ahead. No, 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 (laughs) no, no, I hope not. We have a good community. So I, I, I hope not. So the other thing I just really wanted to quickly touch upon was Google's new, um, oh, what the hell is it called? They have a new platform. Did you see that? No, I did not. Course, <laughs> so it's uh, all, all, all on you. Okay, well, I didn't either. So, uh, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's just us. Uh, it's called Stadia. That's it, Stadia. Google's Stadia. So the short version of this is that it's not a it's not a box, okay? It's going to be a streaming service like PlayStation Now and stuff like that uh, that will directly compete against. They're saying Xbox and PlayStation and blah 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 blah. Uh, and well, I don't know about that. 
<laughs> Are you sure it's not a box? Because I I think I remember seeing like specs for for it, like an article. No, that's specs. okay. Yeah, but the, the commercial the commercial itself. I'm looking at it right now. Says there is no box. <laughs> it's just a platform. It's supposed to be as powerful as the Xbox and the PlayStation combined. Okay, but let me give you a so, rundown. So, but where will it be on PlayStation and Xbox? Or it's basically on any screen. Okay, so it could it so it could be on the PlayStation. No, no, no. They mean more like a TV type thing. Like you'll log into the server and and go like that. Like I said, I don't have all the information right now. Uh, but what I do have to tell you is that uh, the games that uh, it that it's launching with include such classics as Floppy Bird, Need for Speed Chrome, Choo Choo Android, and There Is No Internet Connection Remastered. So if I was Sony and uh, Microsoft and stuff, I would be peeing my pants with classics like that. You're uh, you're in a world of hurt. Okay, joking aside though, I mean it's it's their their foray into into the gaming industry. I mean that's that's basically what it is. Is they're trying to to create a one-stop shop for gaming streaming that's basically what this is all about and as we know with google everything they do they have so much money and stuff that uh you know we'll see what happens it's going to be interesting to see what actually happens here okay because it it's it's like playstation now but on anything okay and the the, yeah, the, slogan, the, the slogan is where we can all play <laughs> it seems like something they'll probably give up on very quickly. I wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong because it's. See here, didn't it's they like, give up on like Google Plus very quickly? Stuff like yeah, that. So see it here, seems no like, downloads, no limits, yeah. no whatever. A place that never stops gaming. 4K, 60 FPS, HDR, and ready for whatever comes next. Okay. So you only have to subscribe once. There is no console. There's no whatever. You just pay your monthly subscription, and away you go. Okay, yeah, it, it has potential, but again, like you said, they have yeah, so much Hearst. money that I, I don't think they, they, they care about. They'll try this. If it sticks, it sticks. If it doesn't, they'll they'll move on, I think. Uh, who knows? Yeah, no, and they're right. Uh, let, like, let's be honest. They they are right. Like, their catchphrase, I really like it because it's true. The future of gaming is not a box. Okay? And they're right. The future of gaming is not a box. It's a place. And, and they're 100% right. It's just, Stephen can barely communicate with me over Skype because his internet is so fast. <laughs> so, like, for yeah, you... No, this is not a possibility for me, for many That's years. right, exactly. And how many people are like you? At least 16. So, there you go. Anyways, no, I think there's like still a, a large, is. large population of Canada and United States that are like me that don't have access, but I don't think it's the majority. So, like, all the big cities, of course, where the majority of the population is have access to ridiculous speeds and they still complain which i don't get it's because we're human it's what happens uh, but no but i mean seriously like i think i think they're absolutely right that this is the future and none of us can none of us can argue that it, it's foolish and it's it's futile to do that the future is most certainly not having a box that you connect to a tv that doesn't make any sense the future is you have a screen that has access to everything that you want 
be it games, yeah, videos, music. I mean, let's talk about the future for a bit, since I think we're we're near the end there. I yep. I like I like the idea of Nintendo partner partnering with Microsoft, believe it or not, and announcing that all their games from now on will be <laughs> available on the Switch first, but down the line they'll be available on the Xbox One digitally. Especially all their virtual console games, it, it, all the re, their eShop titles. Screw if, if they wanted, why not day one? Like, I know people would be mad, would be pissed for some reason because of the like console wars and the like. Everybody has their favorites, but it's like, man, if I'm Nintendo, I want to sell as many games as possible, and a partnership with Microsoft would make sense, or Sony, whoever it may be. Why not sell all your games there? Why not? Why not do both? Exactly. Everywhere. Because the Switch still has its selling factor of it being able to go on the go. So you still have that. So people will still buy Switch for your games because of that. And those that don't, well, they'll probably want to, they probably will buy your games on the PlayStation now. So it's just a win win, in my opinion, because the Switch still has. I don't know about Sony and Microsoft because. If you're Sony and you off, if you're Microsoft or Sony and vice versa, you offer your games on the other platform. Then why bother playing a, buying a PlayStation 4 if you have an Xbox One? Because they're basically the same. But the Switch still yeah. has that unique factor. Yeah. So and we're getting to a point, man, where I'm telling you that, like, if if nothing else, what Google did that is 100% accurate is that that slogan, right? It isn't a box. That is not the future of gaming. I think. The company that realizes this first is going to be the company that has first mover advantage and that ends up selling gajillions and gajillions and gajillions of subscriptions. And here's here's something to think about. Right now we are in a we're in a market that works very much like the old PC market in that I sell you a box, right? And that box may not just be a console, but it may also be a box that happens to have a game in it. It doesn't matter if I'm even thinking of this digitally, right? So you pay $80 or whatever for that that piece of media, okay? But what happens over time when when you get to a point where there's billions of video games? Like once the box disappears and it's a platform, okay? It's like platform-based. Then what the hell happens? Because now... You're you're losing your differentiation factors, and all of a sudden, it's like you and I can make the adventures of dumbass and dumbier, you know, type of thing. And, like, what happens then? Look at, like, the App Store is what I'm getting at. When when there's, like, 50 billion garbage games and all this sort of stuff, how how am I going to sell you an $80 product? That is going to become, in the future, it's going to become... Harder and harder and harder to sell because when the norm becomes five dollar games, ten dollar games of I know different quality of uh, you know finished titles here. But what I'm getting at is I wouldn't be surprised for someone like Microsoft to say, you know what, we are removing our individual sales and we're going to a subscription model. Pay fifty dollars a month, whatever. You know, I'm making this up. Pay a certain amount. And you get access to like their games for gold type thing or whatever it's called. The what is it? They're they're all access there. Uh, game Pass. Game Pass. There you go. I honestly think that this is where the big companies are gonna go. 
where like Xbox Game Pass will include everything Microsoft has ever done or will ever do. They'll charge you a certain price and they'll put that shit on everything. And I mean that on mobile, on PlayStation, on whatever, and they'll slowly move away from selling you the individual unit and the individual box. And it's just because as competition increases, the it's going to get harder and harder and harder for game companies to sell you one individual unit for $80. And they're going to want that lifetime sale because if they can convince Steven to spend $25 a month forever that's way way more enticing than getting him to buy one game for 80 bucks yeah you just look at how many subscriptions i have man i i have like netflix which is what 12 dollars a month i have the yep. wwe network which is another 12 dollars a month i'm subscribed to the wrestling observer which is another 10 dollars a month i'm subscribed to the nintendo service which is what $30 a year, something like that. Something like that, yeah. I have the Pokemon Bank, which is $5 a year, which I should check because I might need to renew that. I don't want to lose some of the Pokemon. I don't know if you, if you, how long they keep your Pokemon after your subscription ends. I need to check that. Like, there's, I have tons of subscriptions, and I just forget about them and renew it, but I use them. So, uh, yeah, like I think that would be smart because not... Every people are like you and me and buy multiple games a year. Most people buy one or two games a year. And if you can get them to pay 10 bucks a month, that's $120 a year, guaranteed. That's that's a significant amount of money. Yeah, exactly. And why limit yourself to a box? That's why that goes back to Google's Google's proposition and I agree with them. Why would you do that? If could you just imagine for just a second here, if I could put my games, okay, I'm Sony, I'm Microsoft, I'm Nintendo, for example. If I could put my games on a device that 4.5 billion people have, I have just dominated my competitors I, if I'm the first guy. I think Nintendo are very close to that, by the way. Because their new president really mentioned that. He's the former head of the Pokemon company, I believe. He did say that he wants Nintendo to invest more into mobile games because, like, you're right. Everybody has one in, your, in their pocket. It makes sense. It may, might of not course. produce the best <laughs> best games for us, but as long as they keep supporting the, the, the Switch and whatnot, I, I have no, no problem but, with that. But, but okay, eventually so it might come to a point where... But I'm not talking about ditching, okay? I want to make that clear. I'm not I'm not saying like, oh, you have to give up traditional stuff. But what about this? Okay? Imagine a world. Okay? And again, we're 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 talking about the future. I'm not talking about like the next 2 weeks here. But imagine a world where they sell you the gimmick. So that could be a pro controller, it could be a switch, it could be it could be whatever, but the the titles are adaptable and with artificial intelligence getting where it is it's going to help programmers like crazy where they could theoretically do scaling so that they could have a title released on mobile that people don't even need to program where the ai would program it so that it would like it would use motion controls or touch screen or whatever but since they sold you whatever the gimmick is and i'm calling it a gimmick it's whatever it's whatever the, the 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 device is that they want 
then the game is scalable to whatever that is. So it's not like years ago where you had to make games to the lowest common denominator. We're going to get to a point where with artificial intelligence, machine learning, all of this stuff, where it's going to make the job so much easier. And Nintendo could sell you a pro controller. You go out, buy your new Samsung uh, television, log in to the Nintendo app, and you have access to every single game Nintendo has ever made for your monthly subscription. You get to play all your Marios, all your whatever, anything you want to play. Um, you pause your game, you close down the TV, you take out your phone while you're on the bus, and you continue playing right where you left off. This future, I'm telling you, is going to happen. It's just a question of who is going to do it first. Yeah. No, oh, it's uh, it's an amazing, uh, amazing... Uh consumer opportunity like i would love to pay 15 dollars a month never have to buy a nintendo game for the rest of my life and have access to everything that makes perfect sense for me that would be and awesome. it's gonna happen it's just they just need a ceo that is forward thinking enough because what they're doing right now is the same thing sony's doing it's the same thing what everyone is doing package media is coming to an end and i'm seeing this everywhere oh yeah uh, digital you know, sales and I know people hate it in our comment section, and I don't know why, but digital sales like are on the uprise, and it's ridiculous every year how much it, it people are buying games digitally now because it makes sense, especially for people like you who live in Montreal. For me, it's a lot harder. It's it, it's very easy on the 3DS because games are small, but on the Switch and on the, on the PlayStation, you're looking at like like three days of downloading sometimes and then you can't use the internet and stuff like that but for those that have the option man you can play the game at midnight and have it pre-downloaded i do that with pokemon now and i can play the japanese game like 12 hours earlier and stuff like that it's ridiculous the advantage you have well from that. yeah man i mean like me like you're you, you know with the the latest Dragon Quest, I mean, yeah, I, I like to have the the box so I can have it on my shelf and I feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. But the truth is, with Dragon Quest Eleven, I mean, I had access, and you were the one. You were like, "Why would you wait like a week for it to get delivered? Why not just play it?" And I did it with Dragon Quest Builders too, as well. And I'm like, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you know what? My shelf really doesn't care. Like, I have access to this one week earlier because that's how long... Well, maybe a week is pushing it because of Amazon Japan. Like, I get it relatively quick. But still, it's like I have it the same day. And it's it's where we're going. I mean, you you just can't deny this. It doesn't matter uh, I was, what anyone says. I was recently looking back at... the. Uh coverage I did for Messenger, the Messenger, which you should play, by the way. And I, we had a comment from a guy. I think he, he's Gorilla something. He said, I don't buy digital ever. And that really, like, why would you provide yourself or pre-prevent yourself from yeah. from one of the best games of the year because of that? I just don't understand. And the game is got inco it's coming out now on the PS4, by the way, so I'm glad for Sabotage. They're going to get... But a bit more exposure, but yeah, like digital games, really fun. And uh, we're five minutes from twelve right now, and in five minutes yep. there's an indie showcase which I want to see. So I don't know if you want to have some last last words. Yeah, we have to have last words because I actually have a meeting at twelve. So you'll have to let me know how that goes. 
And um, no, it just, I just, we have some really interesting topics. I think today, I think this is actually uh, a really good podcast. I'm really happy that we got to do this. And for all of you guys out there, I uh, just really wanted to say quick, like, please leave a comment on on this whole thing about the Vita and on e-begging and uh, in particular about this future that we were just talking about. I think this is going to be interesting, especially with the Vita and all that jazz. So um, that's pretty much it. I That's all I got. So I guess this will be it. And we will catch you all. Hopefully we'll see Stephen back in two weeks. And that's it. So have a good one, everyone.